0: is
1: God, I don't understand this season but I trust you God. Lord, make my heart open to you let it this be a fruitful season while it's here. Let it be constructive and not destructive because when you try and pretend that the season of your life is different than it actually is, what does it do? Your heart gets hard. That like you're fighting against the current when God is saying, look, this current's going this way. I just want you to open your heart to me so that I can work in the midst of it.
0: Working in a monotonous job doesn't feel like a gift. Struggling with cancer doesn't feel like a gift. Life is a gift from God. As you'll hear today, we can expect beauty, mystery, and eternity in Him. Our struggle is with timing. We don't understand it, but God creates purpose from everything. Be encouraged as Pastor Daniel takes us through the hope of human experience in a life lived for God. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 4. With his continuing study entitled, Beauty, Eternity, Mystery, and Reality. Jesus is real.
1: For those of us who are already born again, we have to lean into our second birth often. Because we've believed in Jesus and we got born again, but it's so easy to lean into the former life. And we're constantly learning, this is who I really am. Yeah, I used to be that person. I'm not that person anymore. So there's a time to be born and there's a time to die. And then you notice you have these next three pairs are various human activities that speak to us of either establishing or undermining. Look what it says. A time to plant or a time to pluck up. There's a time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. So you notice it's this, you're either establishing Or you're undermining, so you're either planting or you're harvesting. You're either killing or you're healing. You're either breaking down or you're building up. And there's times for all of that. I would love to do a whole message just on these, because there's so much in them if you think about them. Things like, well, why would there be a time to break down? Well, some of us have walls in our hearts to God and to other people. You need to break that baby down. Just the way Gideon broke down his father's idols. And there's a time to, see, so there's things, there's some things we need to undo. We need to undermine certain realities in our own heart, learn behaviors. Maybe you were raised in, and you have strong racial inequality tendencies. You need to break those things down because we're creating the image and likeness of God. Everybody was. They may not know it, but they were. So there's a time for all these things. There's a time to establish and there's a time to undermine depending on what it is. Now, from there, we move to human emotions. Verses 4 and 5, there's a time to weep, there's a time to laugh, there's a time to mourn, and there's a time to dance. Now, it's interesting, the first set are private emotions, weeping and laughing, and then the next set is public emotions, which is mourning and dancing. So, in our experiences, in our reality as human beings, there's going to be time to be born and to die, the beginning and the end of that. There's going to be times to establish and undermine. There's going to be the whole range of human emotions. I mean, the Apostle Paul said this in Romans chapter 12, verse 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. You know what I like about the the, the range of human emotions under heaven is that we're coming out of a season, and I'm grateful for it, Christianity kind of became pretty plastic for a long time. Like where, like, if you're crying at a funeral, someone says, oh, you got to trust in the Lord, like as if Jesus didn't weep at Lazarus' tomb. It's like Christianity took on this veneer of we have it all together, which isn't really... Christianity, it's more just American culture in that time, which says you have to put on a power suit, a power tie, you have to have a a chiseled chin and never let them see you sweat. And that's not anywhere in your Bible. The difference between our weeping and the weeping of someone who isn't born again is that our weeping is hope-laden. Our heart breaks because of the loss, but we hope in an eternal afterlife, that we know it's not the end. It's not like, yeah, they're just in the ground, food for worms, never to be heard of again. That's what you believe if you don't believe in Jesus. Yeah, man, his body, fertilizer. But that's not the truth. Because there's going to be a resurrection of the body. See, for you and I, God doesn't want us to be inhuman. He wants us to be truly human. And being, we should weep at loss. We should weep at sinfulness and broken. We should weep at our own brokenness. Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn for what? They shall be comforted. See, when you are willing to say this is real, and then God can bring comfort, when you only say, Lord, I'm sick, then the physician comes. We're coming out of a season where our culture was very plastic, very surfacy. It's not real. Real life is that there's a time for both, both publicly and... And privately you know. And then of course in verse 5 you get this idea There's a time to cast away stones And a time to gather stones And I'll be honest with you a lot of, There's a lot of dispute of exactly what that's about Some people say it's about when a building breaks down You get rid of all the rocks And then you gather stones to build a house again It could also be a reference to preparing for war Because rocks, if you don't know what I'm talking about Just go watch the Lord of the Rings movies Rocks have been a, a form of ammunition In primitive aspects of war for a long, long time. So there's different, but the idea is that there is this time for these different things under heaven. Now in verse 6, it says, a time to gain and a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to tear, a time to sew back up again, a time to keep silence, a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. You get a number of these pairs are about possessions, there's times to gain and there's times to lose. What that tells you is you shouldn't stress out over your 401k or the stock market. That's what it tells you. It's going to go up and it's going to go down. That's what happens. There's going to be times of a lot of business. There's going to be times of no business. There's a time to, to gain. There's a time for it to lose. It's the normal progression of human life. And for us, we need to learn how to trust God, whether it's up or down. Whether I have more work than I know what to do with or whether I have no work and I don't know what to do. Either way, there's a time for both of them. There's a time to keep and there's a time to throw away. We need to learn that one, don't we? Some of us need to take out the trash in our own lives, don't we? How often do we keep trash around? Things that are rotting in our midst, but we hold on to them because we're used to them being there. There's also a time to keep. We live in a disposable culture. So we need to say, God, should I be keeping this or should I be getting rid of this? There's a time to tear and to sew. Notice the middle of verse 7. There's a time to keep silent and there's a time to speak. Do you realize sometimes the most powerful thing you can say is nothing? Just being there with somebody. That's one of the things I always talk with young pastors. I, my pastor was an amazing man. He used to say to me, Daniel, there's just sometimes they just need you to be there. You don't, don't, get, don't have the answer. You don't have the answer. Just be there. Be willing to be present without trying to fix everything. Talk about freeing you up. When you don't know what to say, don't say anything. There's a time to be silent. And there's a time to speak. There's a time to open up your mouth and say, hey, This is what I understand. This is what I believe God is doing. There's a season for everything. There's a time to love and there's a time to hate. That's a weird one, isn't it? Do you realize that there's some things that we're absolutely supposed to hate? God hates sin. We should also. God doesn't hate the sinner, though. And I'm grateful for that. I hope you are, too. Or else man we would be it be we'd be in a bad spot. We should hate our own rebellion. See, there's a season for everything in life. Time to make war. Seems weird, doesn't it? We should make war against our own sin. I heard John Owen once said you're either killing sin or what? Sin's killing you. Either way you're in a battle against the world, the flesh, the devil. You're fighting either way. You're either just being intentional about the warfare. You're not. So in each one of these things, there's a season. And, And my exhortation, my encouragement, my pleading, is to be able to identify what season God has you in. And be willing to be surrendered to the reality. I think for so many of us, it's a time... For tearing or war. There's a time to undermine. And we just don't, we just want to pretend like that's not the season for us. And so we're like yelling at the rain to stop falling down. It's falling either way. And to be able to say, okay, God, I don't understand this season, but I trust you, God. Lord, make my heart open to you. Let it this be a fruitful season while it's here. Let it be a fruitful season in my life. Let it be constructive and not destructive because when you try and pretend that the season of your life is different than it actually is, what does it do? Your heart gets hard. And we've all experienced that. That like you're fighting against the current when God is saying, look, this current's going this way. I just want you to open your heart to me so that I can work in the midst of it. And I'm here to tell you, if you're in a tough season, it's not because God doesn't love you. God absolutely loves you. God never promised that everything would be easy. God promised that he'd be with us as it's happening. Jesus said, in the world you will have what? Tribulation. But what? Be of good cheer, God said. I've overcome the world. That's John 16, Write that thing down. Underline it in your Bible. Put it on your bathroom mirror in your car. Because when things are going down, when the season is bad... When the season is hard, you say, God, you never promised me a rose garden. Sometimes I'm getting, I'm getting stuck. I'm getting hurt, Lord. But Lord, you promised you'd be with me. You promised that you would never leave me nor forsake me. So God, in the midst of a hard season, I just want to know you more. And look at what happens. Look at what happens if you do that. As we look at all these seasons, look what happens in verse nine. This is so beautiful. What profit, it says, in verse 9, has the worker from that in which he labors? I have seen the God-given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from the beginning to end. I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and do good in their lives and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. Now, these verses are beautiful. You just realize there's all these seasons. And, and for us, just like back in the day when this was written, all of us are in different seasons. And then you get these verses that are just like water in a desert. It's like it, you're parched and all of a sudden there's a stream of living water. And look what it says. These verses teach that we should expect beauty, eternity, and mystery. Expect beauty, eternity, and mystery. Because these verses are packed. We already Remember I I entitled this message, Beauty and Eternity, Mystery and Reality. Verses 1 to 8 is all the reality. There's a season for everything. And now in these verses, you get the beauty, you get the eternity, and you get the mystery. And this is what makes life beautiful no matter what the season. Because look what it says. After there's a time for everything, what profit has the worker from that in which he labors? I mean, if there's a season for everything, so what's the profit? What do we gain? What do we get? If it's just going to go up or down, it's going to be good or bad, time to be born, time to die, a time to establish, a time to undermine. What do we get for this? Like, what good is life? And it's an honest question given the seasonalness of our experiences. Notice what it says. I've seen the God-given task with which the sons of men have been occupied. He's like, I'm looking and I'm watching what's going on. And he says, and he has made everything beautiful in its time. Wow. There it is, right there. That's the beauty. That God makes everything beautiful in its season. What that means is that what God is doing in the season of your life now, it may not be seen as beautiful yet, but there will come a time when you will look at and you will say, oh, what God has done. A lot of you know my story. My mother was diagnosed with cancer when I was 19. My mother passed away when I was 21. And I'll be honest, that was a nasty season. You know what's amazing? God has made such a tragic loss of a 49-year-old young mother to be one of the most beautiful things. Because I, looking back with the lens of the Holy Spirit to be able to see what's gone on, and I see how God has worked. And don't get me wrong, I'd give a lot of it back to spend more time with my mom. God doesn't need that event to do what he's doing, but God takes that event, all the tragedy and the seasonalness of it, and he says, look, I am going to bring beauty out of ashes. I'm going to take a hard time, and I'm going to make something so gorgeous. It's like when spring comes, some of you are going to rototill your garden it's been all grown up. There's all these little plants and everything. You're like, I, I need to start over so you rototill it. It's beautiful, green, colorful. And all of a sudden it gets rototilled. Know what it looks like? Ugly. It's brown. But why do you rototill it? Because you're going to plant something new. And six months later, all of a sudden, when everything's blossoming, they're like, yeah, it used to look like an ugly rototilled garden. And now look at it. It's a, it's a paradise. I remember talking with Pastor Bill. And you, Pastor Bill loves his you know, it, all of his landscaping. And I remember I was like, so what was it like when you first started? I was like, oh, terrible. All the stuff got thrown in there, all these plants and everything. And all of a sudden, a couple years later, when it's all starting to blossom, it looks amazing. And that's how God uses the seasons of our lives. In his time, he makes it beautiful. And so what we should be saying is, Lord, I don't get the season, but I am hoping and trusting that you will make this beautiful. You will bring beautiful things. We should expect beauty. Why should we expect beauty? Because notice what it says. Not only will he make everything beautiful in its time, not our time, its time, also he has put eternity in their hearts. There it is, right there. Beautiful. Not only should we expect beauty, we should expect eternity. Why? Because God fixed your heart for eternity. God knows God knows that this is not all that there is, and he places it in our hearts. And if you're here today, and you're like, you haven't put your faith and trust in Jesus, but you're like, I don't understand why I'm drawn to this, because God fitted your heart for eternity. You were pre-wired, not just for 49 years like my mom, or 26 or 27 years, or 80 years. You were fitted for ages upon ages without end, and God already placed eternity in deep within you and that's why there's such this draw to Jesus in our hearts because God is saying look this life is not all that there is there's more you're created for more greater days and that's how God makes things beautiful because he starts to give us the long view he's placed eternity in our hearts and I'm here to tell you brother and sister when it comes to sharing your faith which we all should be doing this verse is a game changer You know why? Because no matter how angry somebody is about Jesus, God has placed eternity in their hearts already. It's just a matter of how much garbage they're trying to cover it up with. When someone's like, oh, I don't like talking about Jesus and you shouldn't talk to me about Jesus. As I like to say, when you throw a rock into a pack of dogs, the one that barks is the one that gets hit. And I was that guy. so I know from experience, my friends who started walking with Jesus, I'd be like, oh, I'd I'd just rip into them, jersey style. It was mean. I made Chris Christie look like a poodle. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. I mean, I would just
0: lay into them.
1: (laughs) It's hard to kick against the gods because God plays eternity in us. And we start talking to someone about sin, forgiveness, eternity, heaven, it's already in their hearts. They can't do anything about it. They can fight against it. They can try and study against it. It's already there. It's already in there because God has placed it in there. And when you do cross-cultural missionary work, when you go to unreached people groups or you go to your neighbor down the block, God has already placed eternity in the hearts of every single living soul. So you already have the in. It's just a matter of how much garbage you got to get through to get there. And most of us, No matter how much garbage is built up, we want to quit before we get there. But God does the work. He just uses us as instruments. So expect beauty. Expect eternity. And not only beauty and eternity, like, oh, this is great. But then notice, and this is not very much fun for us in 21st century America with the things that we value, i.e. knowing everything about everything, notice what it says, except, middle of verse 11, that no one can find out the work that God does from the beginning to end. Not only should we expect beauty and eternity, but brothers and sisters, you have to expect mystery. Because God has not given us all the answers. We do not understand what God is doing sometimes. And in a culture like ours, where we have so much control over everything, we struggle a lot with this. Don't we? Because we just want to know. We want to be able to say, oh, this is what's going on right now. I don't know how many times people said, Pastor, I just don't understand what God's doing. I'm like, yeah, me neither. And they're like, well, what good are you? I'm like, probably not much. <laughs> because nobody knows all that God has done and is doing from the beginning to the end. That's why it's called faith. Because God is infinite and we are finite. God is all-knowing and we are not as knowing as we think we are. And so you have to expect that there's just some aspects of life. You're just going to be like, I just don't get it. And that's okay because God knows what he's doing. God doesn't tell us that we need to know everything. We just need to trust him in the midst of it. And isn't that true of humanity? We struggle with this because we want to know everything. I want to have it all dialed in. And that's the downside of the renaissance and the enlightenment. We were told that we were going to have every answer to everything. And that's why, like, you listen to someone like Richard Dawkins, very decorated, lots of PhDs, and he, in the name of biology, is actually a theologian. He's an ah ah-theologian. He doesn't believe in God. And he says things like, and this guy's a PhD, he's supposed to be a scientist. Everything he does is based on observation. If there was a God, I, for one, would be very disappointed. I'm like, well, that's philosophy, that's not science. Your preference is that there is no God. And it's interesting, like someone like Francis Collins, who was chairing the Human Genome Project where they mapped human DNA, he's a raging theist. He believes in God. He's like, how can I not look at this and believe that there was an intelligent creator who made all this? This is too insane to be random. It's too complex. It makes no sense. One of our biggest struggles as humans is going to be to be okay. Holding on to mystery We weren't raised for it We were raised to have everything in its box Now I'm here to tell you that God is too big to be put in a box God's wisdom is too big And you have to be okay with saying God I just don't get it But I love you still Because you get it That's the childlike faith that we need Brothers and sisters To say God I just don't understand And I'd I'd like for you to tell me But if you don't tell me It doesn't change my view of you God and that puts God on the throne And most times The reason we get upset with God Is because we want to be on the throne I want to know the facts God You have to explain this to me right now Or else I will not worship you And we laugh But don't we do that I mean I do that Am I the only sinner in the room God I hope not I do that all the time like, Lord, If you don't explain this to me right now I'm, like, I'm just not praising you nope. But every time I breathe I praise him whether I realize it or not We have to expect beauty and eternity and mystery because God doesn't give us all the answers nobody knows.
0: Jesus is real. Today we were asked, what good is this life? The question was answered today in Ecclesiastes. It's that God makes everything beautiful in its season. Our life experiences may seem tragic and troubling at times, but there is hope in the mystery and beauty of God's will at work in every believer's life. For most of us, our smartphone is an extension of our body. They are constantly ringing and dinging, telling us what to do and where to go next. We want to encourage you to subscribe to the Jesus is Real podcast. Each week, the programs right here on the radio are available in podcast format. So if you miss one of the broadcasts, you can always catch up by subscribing to the Jesus Is Real podcast. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, we'll be encouraged to keep our faith in the Father through a teaching in Ecclesiastes. We may not know eternity or understand it, but we can expect it. His authority can be a comfort and hope in a difficult season. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series in the book of Ecclesiastes next time. Until then, may God bless.